when when you told me I had stage four ovarian cancer, I don't remember a lot about driving home that day, but I do remember that day or very shortly thereafter, I knew that it was not not a great prognosis, but I decided right then and there that this had to be beyond me. It had to be about what happened after me. Um, because honestly, I did not feel like I was going to live very long. And so when I was offered the trial, I jumped on it immediately. Um, and so what drives me is the after. What happens after me? How can I do whatever I can while I'm here so this doesn't have to happen to everybody? That is what drives me. And of course, my little children. And, you know, they were six and seven when I was diagnosed, and now they're almost 11 and 12. And so I am super grateful, but I'm just really grateful to Sightman. Um, so that's what drives me. That's what it, that's what makes me get up every day and just live each day to the fullest. You have to. And seeing you guys up there working so hard, that is just super motivating for me. I want to I want to do well for you guys. <laughs> OBGYN. Today we get to talk to members of the Gynonc Teal and Wheels Pedal the Cause team. We are in our final push. September 26th and 27th is the weekend of Pedal the Cause. As with everything in 2020, it looked a little different this year. We won't be at Chesterfield Amphitheater. Uh, we won't be um, coming all together for the inspirational meeting of all survivors who are there. We won't have taste the cause as we usually do, but we still unfortunately have cancer and that means we have a reason to raise money for Siteman researchers where 100% of the funds raised by this Pedal the Cause event goes towards researchers right here. So we wanted to give you a little taste of what makes up our team. Dr. Catherine Fu is a pedal-funded researcher, physician scientist, who has her R01 um, in part thanks to uh, some funding that she previously received from Pedal the Cause. She um, is also joined tonight with by Randall and Vasil, who is our co-captain of the Gynoc Teal and Wheels. She is an ovarian cancer survivor, thriver, um, really out there giving back to the community uh, in every way possible. I don't know how she does it, but she is out there raising awareness of women's cancer um, and, and helping to lead to prevention as well in so doing. And we have two of our residents who are members of the team, Dr. Whitney Greither, an MD-PhD who trained at WashU um, for her PhD and, and really started writing for Pell the Cause as a medical student. Um, she'll share her perspective. And then Dr. Elizabeth Johns, who is a biker, um, a mom who uh, gets to hook her 18-month-old up to her bike trailer. She'll tell us about that and about her hope that all women have access to curative cancer therapy and prevention. Um, and she'll remind us to vote because it's not too long for the election. 
long introduction. I hope you enjoy this conversation with some really inspiring people. What's really inspiring to me is how we all inspire each other. Um, And I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Thank you. How's she doing? Dr. Greitner. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Wonderful. And we're here um, right now with Randallin as well. Hi there. Hi. Ah, here comes Catherine. Hello, Dr. Pooh. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, this is so fun. Wow. Um, socially distanced podcast fun. It's really great. <laughs> <laughs> Only way to go. Uh, Whitney, what's up? What are you doing these days? Um, well, you I, can just give yourself give a little introduction. Or we in for Elizabeth? Um, tell us who you are. <laughs> yeah, I I am Whitney. I am a second year OBGYN resident, and currently just trying to make my way through. <laughs> Very good. I think you emailed me uh, about the ride on Saturday. Yeah, I will be there. I will be there. Perfect. Yes. Excellent. I was Dr. very bummed when it was, uh, whenever it was canceled. So I, I know it's a total bummer. Dr. Fu, are you going to ride any of the Peloton rides, um, on what would have been ride weekend? Yes. I need to sign up still. It's on my list. Is it well, too late to sign up? I'm already no, signed up. No, no, you're already signed up. Okay, they're just okay. gonna, um, I <laughs> think the week of, okay. They're going to send out what classes like everybody's going to ride to. Oh, okay. Good. Perfect. Oh, fun. Ah. Yeah. Can, I, can so, we sign up for the if we're already signed up? Wow, there's so many questions. Okay. So anybody can do that. <laughs> They're just going to send out. So they had outdoor bikes at Cycle Bar, which I met one of my friends not to ride, but to have coffee after she got done. Um, Joanna, after she got done teaching this Sunday, and they use like um, a whole section of the parking lot in front of the Richmond Heights outside and space wow. them all out. That's so, great to get it done, but they're going to do that. And, um, as options and then Peloton and I think Zwift, is that what the other or Swift, whatever that I don't use, yeah. that, but yeah. they're doing that too. So they're going to have like three options for like people to, you know, like virtually, if you have, you know, the, the capabilities to join that way, at least you, we can participate together that way. How cool. Yeah. So I thought that was good. They're trying, they're trying. So I think that's great. We're so excited because it, the next two weeks are a big push. And even in the face of the pandemic and not the whole, it's really not been the same this year, I will say. I mean, from my standpoint, I feel like everything's a little different right now. I I know we all feel that way, but um, pelvic cause is a big thing at at WashU, at Siteman, um, how did you get involved in it, Whitney? Like, let, let's hear from you because you come at it from a different perspective. I'm, I'm just curious as a resident, like what you heard about pelvic cause, what you think about it. How did you want to get involved? Yeah, well, I mean, I think thankfully we have someone like you who is such an advocate for pedal the cause and always trying to convince people to join. Um, and I think, you know, as I get further into training and trying to keep up on the research side of things. You just see how important it is to also just interface with everyone else who is involved in 
this cause. So people come at it from a lot of angles. And I think it provides just a good space for everyone to interact and kind of see who who's all involved in, in supporting this enterprise. And Winnie, didn't you ride when you were a student, I remember, for us, for one of the grants we were applying for? I did. I did. Right? So you, um, I believe it was when you and Greg were were applying for a grant or had gotten That's a right. grant to pedal the cause. So Laura Devine and I um, did pedal the cause. Oh, shout out to Laura. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we um, got that grant, actually. That was oh. the one that you rode for was one that Greg and I applied for. And then we, yeah, we were awarded it. So it was, it was exciting. So it was, thank you for your role in that. That was very helpful. I mean, not because you rode, we got the grant, but it was helpful. <laughs> <laughs> it was, we do encourage participation um, in some way, shape or form, but, um, but it's good. It really is good to see, you know, the community coming together for research that gets, funded right here in St. Louis, which is not always the case. We do raise a lot of money for different, we, we love to support our national and local ovarian cancer and other gynecologic cancer places, but this is one of the truly unique options to make sure that funding stays right here, which is huge. So, um, hey, Dr. Fu, you are currently reviewing other grants too, right? So tell us about life as a physician scientist a little bit and how you've been involved with Pedal Cause? Gosh, Pedal Cause has been a big part of our lives for so many years and, and really just starting not even realizing how big it would become and how it has become. And so, you know, my daily life is really working as a clinician, seeing women with ovarian and uterine and vulvar and all the GYN cancers and, and always thinking about how can we improve treatment. And so Pedal Cause really gives us this physical ability to to ride together and to raise money together um, to allow that um, research to actually happen here at Simon and um, and SLU and you know St. Louis in general. So um, that it's it's a busy, busy life in terms of um, always constantly thinking about you know what are the next tools and the next um, projects that we can actually really build upon. Um, to get our women, you know, who we all care about so much, you know, to, to where they want to be. And of course, our team, Gynox Taylor Beals, would not be anywhere near what it is without our fearless leader, Randall and Basil. So, Randall. Fearless and... co leader. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you have really brought that necessary sort of outside community side into the, our hospital. And I think it's really helpful for us to interact, um, you know, yes, as doctor patient, but also as people coming into this in a, you know, you came diagnosed with ovarian cancer at a very early age. And that was a scary and really vulnerable time. And the amazing thing about what you have done is just, you kind of stuck with us and you help drive us to do better all the time and it's so amazing I don't I don't get inspiration you know anywhere near you know I, this, I get my inspiration really from from you and and people like you who are so willing to to join with us and help make the field better I don't know yeah and I think for me I mean the reason I, I originally approached you just to ride and then it was 
oh, do you want to help me co-captain kind of thing? And, and for me, like, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I was diagnosed at a young age, 36, and then go and throw in miraculously uh, being stage 1C. Um, I, it's, it's my way of, I guess, I'm going to call it paying back or paying it forward. Um, I'm able, more than likely, I will be able to do this for a long time to come. And I think, um, you know, creating awareness and making sure that the women that are in the later stages and the women that will be diagnosed down the road and join our team have the support and know that, you know, there is life on the other side of a diagnosis. And even, and then they can see the teammates that are going through um, treatment right now, like Sandy or Barbara, and they are showing up all the time in full force for Pelicans and it's so great and they get so much joy out of it too which which I just love um and and we both have I guess Dr. Fu does too um young children and I mean I think it's great for all of the kids and to be able to participate as well and see all of this and it's kind of I don't mind just see it as well this is what we do now and I I don't know Pedal the Cause is great it's it's I'm full in on it as as well as a couple of other <laughs> ovarian cancer um, groups in the area as well. But this is the one where I would say my full heart is in just because my family um, has multiple ca- cancer diagnoses and multiple doctors at Siteman. For us as the patients, like to see the you know the gynoc department as a whole coming out and supporting this like we don't feel as alone either like we're not doing this alone and i think it creates a community when you're diagnosed with ovarian cancer it's kind of lonely um there's not a whole lot out there and this gives us a sense of community and to see you know Whitney joining us this year um and she has in the past it's just it's great like it's from the bottom all the way to the top of the department and we honestly can't thank everybody enough um, in the department that supports or is on the team. It's, it's amazing for all of us that are survivors. Yeah. Yeah. How do you have time to bike while you're a resident? Like you said, you're just trying to push through. Um. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it, you know, signing up kind of helped me get back to things that I had enjoyed so much before residency took over. So um, I was competing in triathlons before intern year happened and then fell off from the physical activity piece for a while while trying to make it through. But having this was just, a, you know, one more reason, I guess, for, for me to just get back to things that I myself enjoy and, and have a meaningful cause behind it. Triathlons, that's amazing. So you're gonna kill us on Saturday. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Far from it. Far from it. Isn't that amazing? Like it comes and goes, these um, you know, cycles of fitness, right? They kind of ebb and flow through therapy, um, you know, chemotherapy, through treatment that you go through. Like I know Randall and you came into your cancer diagnosis as a very fit, healthy person. And I know you continue I mean, you were climbing mountains, you were hiking you're riding a thousand miles this summer. I mean, you're, you're clearly still very active, but I know you still have had some setbacks and I know, you know, along the, it's kind of, it's, I don't want to make too much of an analogy, but 
we have setbacks along the way during training too, right? There, there are things in life that have to take precedence and then, you know, ebb and, ebbs and flows, I think, with how strong we feel oh, <laughs> from time to time. I absolutely think that's the case. I don't know how you, either of the three of you, any of the three of you, I guess is the right phrase, have the time <laughs> to do what you do because I, I yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to try to fight in time to get out on the road and do these kind of things. And and I and I don't have the work schedule that you all do. And for those going through chemo, I always try to say my goal most days was to just make it to the mailbox, and then with time it gets a little bit easier. I think. And what are your thoughts on balance these days? When you're doing, you're writing a major grant, you're reviewing. A million grand. You're writing a million manuscripts. You're keeping your lab up. You're operating. You're seeing patients. It's a lot overwhelming to think about all the things anyone's doing on a daily basis. Um, how's that going right now? <laughs> um, it's you know I have to say that the only way to keep it going is you know working with folks like Randallin and and having these types of causes and. And, and seeing, you know, our, the women we see in the office and, and talking with them and, and just realizing that there are major questions that we need to still tackle and answer, and we are able to do that. And, and so that really kind of, that really helps keep me going and keeps us going, right, as a team. I mean, mm-hmm. Andrew, we just hopped from one meeting to another, right, to do this um, podcast, and, <laughs> you know, like, we took, yeah. took a breath, maybe a sip of water, and here we go again, and, but it's meaningful, and it's important, and gosh, Brianna, I have to say, you know, just seeing all the wonderful media that you have for, you know, for ovarian cancer, and, and being, you know, on KSDK, and, and really showing the world about riding a thousand miles over three months, like, that is just incredible, so I don't know if you're going to make your 1,000 mile mark this weekend, but not um, this weekend. Not this weekend. Okay, <laughs> soon. <laughs> I have 225 to go, wow. and I'll be. I'll have about 100 left next week, which which will be fine, doable, which will be fine. Wow, that's just impressive. That's so great. Yeah, I and I will be so glad when the first weekend in October is here. However, I'm volunteering that weekend for something else, so I don't get an off weekend. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's neat to hear your perspective that going through treatment, you know, getting, you know, walking to the mailbox was your goal and, and you can actually overcome and, and, and continue to build upon that goal. Because I think I, I don't realize that, you know, we don't sometimes get that perspective as well. And so it's, it's really neat to hear that. From you. So I lucked out coming into being diagnosed that there was um, a young girl who had had like, uh, she had had breast cancer. Oh, well, um. Dr. Hegman, you probably know her, Ann Tobin, she sat on the PFAC board for a while. Um, mm-hmm. She had lung cancer and then breast cancer twice. But she, I worked with her husband and she kind of sat me down and was like, okay, so you can't just sit. And I was like, okay, but like, I'm going to be sick. And she's like, yes, you are. But she's like, you can make it to the mailbox. I know you can. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so, you know, the first week uh, after a treatment, just walk to the mailbox. And she said, and then, you know, add on a couple blocks. And that was what I did. Um, and I think that's the mm-hmm. reason I was able to, you know, I did, I was, did not do well with chemo, but I was able to kind of come back and, and try to do the things that I used to do exercise wise afterwards. It's different. Um, and I've learned how to compensate for that, but it's, 
because I stayed active, it, it helped a little, I think. Mm, for sure. I think it, it's interesting to hear, like, setting those goals of just walk to, that's great that Ian gave you that, you know, that milestone to just get to the mailbox. If you can get there, you can probably get to the next step. I think as you're running or you're biking or swimming, sometimes that's what we think, right? Just make it to the next tree or <laughs> try to throw. Right. Sometimes I'll use the visualization of trying to lasso something you know a little far in front of me and that like pull on a rope that's just an imaginary thing in my mind like maybe that'll help me get there faster or just get there at all yeah Um, and somehow when you're feeling like that or you just have that little goal to make it to that next step maybe it helps that we're all getting on our bike together to get to that goal that's what I think is so cool about public cause is that we each have our different goals for why we're riding but coming together to make it all happen that's pretty special. I agree. Yeah. So, um, Whitney is very, um, she has a, a, her MD as well as PhD and came into um, residency already a physician scientist and wanting to continue on that path. Um, how are things going? How do you find research in residency compared to when you weren't in residency? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's definitely different. <laughs> Um, time commitments are obviously you're not able to commit as much time during residency Um, but I think again sort of just speaking to Catherine's point is what you see every day is sort of what motivates you to to continue to try to figure out what it is that we can do to help improve outcomes for our patients and to that goal, thankfully, you know, having mentors like Catherine and Greg Longmore, who have been so supportive and helping me to try to continue at least a piece of what I was doing before, um, while I'm working on the clinical piece of things, has has been helpful and continues to be motivating and just keeping that that side of things going. All right, see you all. Bye. Bye. Go pedal the cars. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>their fundraising platform, right? Where it's 100% of the funds raised by the writers go to research and they're able to provide um, about seven on average, $7 in federal funding for every dollar raised. Like, I think that's a big for like the research side of things. I think that's pretty impactful, right? Yeah. I think that that's huge. (laughs) And Whitney, Tell me about your understanding of sort of the research funding climate, right? It's not easy. And in order to make your big NIH grants, you have to tell the story um, little bits at a time, right? You can't just go in and get your U01 or, you know, your SPORE grant right away, right? You have to start yeah. building a story when you're telling, building a story that makes sense. Like, why should we fund your research? Research funding is so limited right now. Um, right. There are brilliant researchers all over the country, and, and why should we fund yours? So tell us, yeah, speak to that a little bit more. Yeah, so I think um, it actually it, it takes me back. I had listened a while back to the podcast you did with Rachel Paul talking about mm. grant writing and things. And I really liked it when she made the analogy that writing your grant is almost like telling your story, and you're trying mm-hmm. to do it in such a way that you're captivating. But so much of grants, you know, and getting those those bigger grants that ultimately fund a lab or 
really, you know, having pieces of that story already in place so that you can prove what you're doing is meaningful. And that that type of preliminary work still takes funding and you have to have, you know, funding sources that believe in what you're doing and and will really help to pilot things. And so that's where I feel like a lot of these these grants, similar to the ones that, you know, Siteman gives out through some of the pedal to cause funds are instrumental in launching people into that that work that ultimately leads to the therapies that help our patients, because without that preliminary work or, you know, sometimes it it funds. I know of projects that it funds where it's really people across various departments who have a different approach to things and it helps bring them together to, to work together. And so much of research is collaboration. And whenever grant funds are funding that collaboration, I think it really just helps to push things forward. Um, sometimes the networking that it takes to get those connections going happens at an event like this too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's huge, you know, it, especially, I mean, in, in many aspects, but in, in research, especially it's, it's easy to kind of work in a silo if you allow yourself, right. Because you Mm -hmm. just kind of focus on these very small questions um, that, you know, hopefully lead to, to bigger things. But when you get down to the minutia within science, it's easy to just keep going down that path. But sometimes it's really helpful when you step back and think about things from a bigger picture and, you know, talking to people who look at it in a different way just ultimately helps to, to shift your frame a little bit. So is your perspective on hearing about the studies that are being done at Siteman? So for me, I think um, it, it allows me to be able to tell a story, right, to the people that I have donating, um, that I can give them proof of like, here's where this is going. Here's where this is going. Look at what, you know, Siteman's been able to do. For me personally, um, I have various types of cancer throughout my family. And so there are a couple of my dad's doctors um, are using funds that have been, you know, awarded through Siteman. And then we have Dr. Fu who's doing who was featured, I think, this year um, on the one of the return on investments that I got to send out. And I was able to say, this is, you know, a part of my team. This is a part of my oncology department medical team, not only just my pedal the cause team, but, you know, she's a part of my medical team and she's doing something in the ovarian cancer world, which is pretty underfunded. Um, and so I think it's great. It's super important to me. Um, I worry about my two kids and, you know, will they have this history of, you know, cancer in them as well. And where, you know, without the funding um, for the research, where would things be for them in 20, 30 years? Yeah. It's it's the hope that we're going to continue to make things better next time. Yep. Yeah. So there's more options and, you know, I mean, they say, you know, Petal's thing is a world without cancer. And, and I don't necessarily know that that will be the case, but I think at least my hope is, is eventually in my lifetime, someone will, you know, hear the words, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, you have cancer and it won't be met with fear. It'll be met with, okay, so what's the, I know that there are several treatment plans available. What's, what is the one that we need to do and not, the first instinct 
you know, for that individual that's been diagnosed is how long do I have to live? Cause I think that's probably the first thought that goes through a lot of people's minds. I mean, I know it did with mine because I knew ovarian cancer, um, doesn't have great statistics as far as life expectancy, unfortunately. Um, but I wasn't typical and I, I knew I had ovarian cancer before we were able to stage it. So. So we are also welcoming to the podcast, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Johns. Hello. Hello. Yay. So glad you could join us too. Thank um, you. Dr. Johns is another one of our WashU OBGYN residents who has um, another fearless rider on our team. Yay. Um, Elizabeth, have you been biking for a long time or tell us um, what brought you to Pell the Cause this year? I have been biking for a long time. I got my first bike in, let's see, 2001. Um, and I biked all over Washington, D.C. at all times of the day. Um, mostly for transportation, I've been biking, but more recently, it's been my main form of exercise. Um, I had, we had our first child, he's 18 months now, and it's been really difficult to exercise um, at any point, but having a Peloton in my own home has been very helpful, so I've been doing it a lot. Um, we also recently got him a, you might hear him screaming in the background, actually, um, we also recently got a trailer um, to attach to the back of my bike, which I've been waiting, I waited an entire year to get that trailer until he was old enough to fit into it. Um, so I've been biking with him a ton. Um, so I try to bike as much as possible. Wow. And why do you choose to get on your bike instead of just, I don't know, sit home, sit at home when you get home? Or um, like what makes you keep going after a long day at work? You've just recently, um, you know, you're you're in the middle of a really busy time of your residency, right? So how do you, right. why do you choose to keep going? How do I keep going? I, it's, there is something intrinsically enjoy, enjoyable about biking for me. Um, it's funny that I've turned to biking not for transportation these days and just for exercise because I was, for, you know, 15 years, I purely biked for transportation um, because I, I, you know, I wanted to use cars less. I didn't want to use the gas, the emissions. Um, and I wanted to, you know, led a busy life for a long time and it was the only way that I could get exercise a lot of times. Um, but now I think it's just, it's that intrinsic, like I just love biking so much that it doesn't feel that hard to get on the bike anymore. Also, I'm in a competition with some friends in California and there's a prize for <laughs> whoever bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Little it's friendly bigger. competition. Yeah, that is awesome. That's actually one thing we haven't touched on yet. Um, we've been sort of skirting around the fact that we're all probably pretty competitive people. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you just brought that out. Yeah, for sure. I 100% want to win. <laughs> that is awesome. But that is how we also beat cancer, right? So we have for sure. Yeah, those are kind of the attitudes like you're not going to slow us down cancer you know exactly like you said Randall and we're going to walk into this diagnosis and you don't you want to be you know met with a team that knows how to get you through to the finish line of the treatment and then on to the next ride and the next the next journey right as opposed to to um, fear of it right yes I think that's um, key 
um, yeah, but speaking of competition, we do have a couple different types of teams, right? And so for public cause, we're the hospital affiliate team. We're the Gynonk Talent Wheels hospital affiliate team. Honestly, Randall, and it is when you joined that we started to really gain momentum. And I think it really speaks to the combination of putting, you know, everyone on the team together. And that includes patients and caregivers and, um, you know, making sure we we really speak as we're one team. We're not just a doctor treating a patient. Um, we have nurses and pharmacists and everyone that comes together for this team. And as soon as we brought you and a lot of other, uh, you know, of our patients into the team, we've like exploded. It's been so fun. Um, really great. It's been great. We were able to get I mean, we got team jerseys. We're at the top of the leaderboard now all the time for hospitally <laughs> affiliated teams, which is huge. Our mark on melanoma is making a point. I don't know what together. he's doing. It's making me very <laughs> upset. I saw that today and I was like, what is he doing? He cannot do that. Um, Shout out to Dr. Ryan Field. Yes, um, but he also has like, oncology. but I think he also <laughs> has like the majority of that money he raised himself. So I'm like, oh. But um, that's okay. He's doing good, good things for cancer research. That's what I keep telling myself. Um, but I think we, our, our team is pretty unique in that we are, it's not, it's a hospital affiliated team, like full circle. So it's not just the oncologist or nurses and staff of the department, but it includes the patients and their patients families and that is children caretakers moms dads you know brothers sisters aunts and uncles it's everybody it's 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 nice i think everybody feels i know survivor wise it's it's really nice to do it all together instead of having to do it forming our own teams by ourselves um elizabeth and whitney i i always struggle a little bit in terms of I want to get everyone involved in this, but I also there's so many things to get involved in and there's so many things to do and mindful of your very busy schedules. And also, you know, I think we've touched on this in some previous podcast episodes too. Wellness is different for everyone. It does not mean riding a bike for everyone. And so, um, and it does not necessarily mean volunteering more of your time to give to the organization you're already giving everything to every day. So, um, yeah where where's the fine line there and how how do you sell it basically i i i struggle with that i mean i think elizabeth answered it right just make it competitive (laughs) (laughs) yeah and one of the ways that i've sold it to some of the faculty is it's okay if you're too busy to ride but you sure can donate yes your contribution i'll ride for you Yeah. And that's, that's actually one of the strategies for the kids challenge, right? However many laps you can do um, or how many miles you ride, um, you know, that's a way, that's a way you could say like, I'll, for every five miles I ride, maybe give me 50 cents or something. Yeah. I remember doing bike-a-thons as kids and it was like, Uh, you know, you would ride as far as you could just so you got the duffel bag and everybody else had to pay, you know, the fundraising to you for doing it. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm also glad that we're not getting together there's a large I think just all the support staff and 
things that go into grabbing our large group of people together. I'm glad that we're not doing that. And I do prefer the writing at home versus writing in small groups that don't require as much support staff. Um, but it is a little sad because I think um, one of the benefits of writing in large groups of people is the energy that you get from other people. Um, so that's was kind of a bummer, but I still think that we can meet some pretty awesome fundraising goals with writing. Um, not as a big group this year. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, you know, I, I'm sad that it won't be happening because I also feel like in a situation like a, a normal year for Pedal the Cause, part of the awareness piece, I feel like, is people seeing this huge group of people all riding together, you know, for for the same goal. But uh, it obviously is not an appropriate time for that. And I think anyone who's done any sort of large, whether it's be bike race or, you know, a, a running race, knows the amount of potential exposures involved in something like that. So um, I'm just glad that everyone is still being given an opportunity to, to do their piece, um, whether that's, you know, like Randallin talked about earlier, whether it's writing outside on a stationary bike or going on one of these small group rides or with the virtual apps at home. I think that there's a lot of um, good effort that's being put into making sure that everyone still has the opportunity to to ride for their cause. And when you mentioned, Whitney, about the, you know, not being able to see the large group of people, I think for me, like, not having the, everyone that's participating in Taste of the Cause actually see all of the living proof where, you know, the funds are actually mm -hmm. going towards <laughs> and where you guys' time and efforts as oncologists and researchers you know, where all of it's going is you get to see all of us together. And, and so that kind of stinks because there's not going to be the, they're still going to try to do, you know, a ceremony of sorts and put together the living proof photo, but it's just not going to quite be the same. So that's kind of disappointing. We've talked a lot about Pedal the Cause. I want to dig in a little bit more to both of our residents, um, Elizabeth and Whitney. Um, so let's hear just a little bit more about what makes them tick. I am a dog cat kid mom who um, prefers to be busy at all times, which is exceptional that I've chosen, especially that I've chosen. I have been a disparities um, advocate. I've been someone who has been interested in working on social disparities for I'd say at least 15 years and the jobs, the volunteer positions, the research that I've done and I plan to continue to do so in um, gynecologic oncology. Um, so I guess things that I think are important to me are I am very much um, trying to follow a path to be a physician scientist. Um, I think that we as clinicians are only as good as the therapies that we, we have available in our arsenal. And I want to continue to push those boundaries um, in science and trying to push that forward. 
I, I have never been much a fan of rules. So I think that part of science <laughs> is breaking the rules and um, thinking outside of the box. And so that's what I, I am hoping to, to continue doing um, in the field of GYN oncology. I love it. Breaking rules, breaking rules in a good way. I was like, she's a rule breaker. I like it. <laughs> Whitney's just taking her sweet time learning all the rules so that she can properly break them with her. <laughs> right, 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 right. Million years of education. Um, yeah. no, I always true. joke, yeah. you know. My, my parents never went to college, and I'm a first generation in my family. So once I had a foot in, I just decided I would keep going forever. Yes. Wow. wow. That's impressive. Where did you grow up, Whitney? Um, I grew up in southeastern Missouri, so a very, very rural area um, mm -hmm. of the state. And Elizabeth, where did you grow up? Columbus, Ohio. Oh. Ah. I, I think of you as like always being in California. <laughs> That's yeah, I'm coming from too. most recently, right? Okay. That's because she's so cool. I know. You are that you are California cool. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. I'm actually very glad I'm not there right now, as you've seen on the mm. Oh yeah, oh, for goodness. sure. Absolutely. Wow. Oh, we would not be talking about going out for the fifty four mile bike ride this Absolutely weekend. Not. No. Wow, that's terrible. Um, do you have family and friends who are living through that right now? I do. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, HEPA filters happening in their mm. lives. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's bad. It's been, it's been really hard. Just that on top of already being quarantined. And... Yeah. And it just feels like we cannot be hit with anything more. And then yet there's always something. And mm -hmm. I think in our world, you know, kind of taking it back to the hospital and the patients and coming together, right? We'll we'll be hit with setbacks and cancer. Sometimes it will come back, even though we've broken all the rules to try to make it not. <laughs> okay, finish it up. Um, is everyone registered to vote? Ah, all right. Um, yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> Randall. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, I'm, yeah, I, yes. The answer is yes. Excellent. Are all <laughs> your friends and family registered to vote, especially those oh, who registered? Are... I thought you said ready. I, I'm registered. Oh. Yes, I'm registered to vote. <laughs> Good. And then friends and family, are they registered to vote, especially if they live in swing states, like my entire family? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mine don't live in swing states, unfortunately. I do. Um, I think that's um, something that I've been doing with my patients recently is asking them if they're registered to vote and then providing them with information for how to register if they haven't already. Um, and I you think you have that um, vote ER on your yep. badge. Do you yep. That? Do you have that, Whitney? I have um, it. Um, maybe we can send out a link for that tomorrow. That's a great um, idea. It's very easy to get, right, Elizabeth? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it's a um, it's essentially a, a badge that you can wear just like your hospital badge, and it has a Q, is it QRS code on it that you can take a picture of. Mm -hmm. Anyone can take a picture with their phone, and it pops up a link, and the link takes you to a website that allows you to register to vote no matter where you are. Do you know what? I actually think that's a really great idea. Being in the positions that you guys are all in, 
because yeah. uh, being registered to vote was probably the last thing going through my mind. At the when time when I was sick, treatment. right? Like when I was yeah. fully in the throes of it, I could have, that would have been the last thing on the list that I needed to take care of. Yeah. Well, thinking of healthcare disparities and thinking of the power of voting, we just recently voted um, in Medicaid expansion for, right. and I think that it's all connected. Our ride, our ability to vote, our ability to provide patient care, it's all connected. Um, which is why I think it's a lovely way to end this podcast recording. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a quote whenever I'm doing something physically challenging. It's two words. It's a quote that Saul Williams, a um, spoken word artist, uh, says in one of his pieces. It's be hardcore. I repeat it over and over in my head when I'm doing something hard physically, and it really helps. I, I don't I don't think I have a I, I don't have quotes. <laughs> you you need to find a good rule breaker quote if you're going to be I a rule breaker. I need to find, I need to find a quote. Some. I'll find one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you cannot be a rule breaker without a really great quote. <laughs> no, I know, I know, and I'm pretty sure the only quote in my head at all times is just "Don't stop." Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, that could work. Keep the momentum going, yeah. right? I know my. I really hero, like that, Whitney. Yeah, my hero Des Linden, you know, um, Boston Marathon champion. Oh yes. You know, it's raining, pouring, thirty degree wind slapping her in the face, and she won. And you know, she just tweeted out, you know, mm-hmm. the world rewards people who keep showing up, and mm-hmm. people had counted her out for so many years, and then she just kept going in the face of the storm, and all the people who were ahead of her just. They, you know, they couldn't make it through the rain, and and she just kept. She she was in a position to just keep going, and so I always think of that: keep showing up. And that's what you said, Randall. And I couldn't believe it when, um, like in your video a couple of years ago, right? You you said that too, and you said that. But we said that too. it was you guys that said it to me. So I was sitting down getting my um, blood drawn the the day that I came in and got my um, pathology reports and everything after two weeks after surgery, and um, we came up with a with a game plan. And you said, "Okay, we need to draw some blood now," and I want to introduce you to your nurses because I I went on every Monday and um, well not every Monday but every third Monday and um, I sat down and everybody asked if I had questions and I said no, I don't think so and I must have looked like I was a little nervous, which I think most people are. And as um, Tiffany was drawing my blood, um, you both said, all you have to do is show up. That's the hardest point. That's the hardest part. Just show up and we'll take care of the rest, but you have to show up or we can't help you. And, 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 and I said that in our featured fighters video. And it's one of the things that like, anytime I talk now, um, whenever I do an interview or anything like that, Everybody will say, what's, what piece of advice do you have for a newly diagnosed person? And it's, and it's keep showing up and let your medical team do the rest because they're going to be there to help you get through this, but you've got to put in the effort and actually show up. And so I didn't know that was your favorite quote. Well, it, she hadn't said it yet. Oh, <laughs> that was before Boston too, right? Oh, this oh. is true. That so was 2017. She stole your line. <laughs> 
Before we finish up, I want you to hear back from Sandy Esner. She was from the beginning where she told us her reason why she keeps showing up. And Sandy has been a patient with us over the past four years. She has stage four ovarian cancer, and she is currently um, the number one fundraiser on our team. Um, So I wanted you to hear a little bit more of her perspective. She's currently going through chemotherapy, um, yet another recurrence, and she is showing up in her jersey, two jerseys, one she's wearing normally, and the other she's wrapping around her head um, to show her dedication to puddle the cause and seek out any donations she can for this cause that means so much to her. And let's hear a little more from her. Well, I have been really lucky because I have just really generous friends and family um, and strangers that have heard about me and want to help. Um, The way I feel it works for me is I just ask, and I think because I'm so poor, I think that makes a huge difference to people and they know that I have been Um, getting treatment for four years, and they know that the research that I've participated in and other research has kept me alive for four years with stage four ovarian. So to watch and ride with the other researchers, the writers, the staff, and other patients um, really made me realize that you guys do more than just your job. You are trying to make a difference and you're trying to raise money as well, but you are really busy. And so I feel it is our duty um, to do what we can to help. You have to have the researchers, you have to have the doctors, you have to have the patients willing to do the trials, but we have to have the money to fund the research and the grants. And when I see you work so hard, every time I'm up there, I know that that money is going to make a huge difference so that we can cure this cancer and all the cancers. Well, Sandy, this, and we'll just say this year is dedicated to you and, and all of everyone who's continuing to go through treatment. We are writing for you in a funny year, as funny as it is, we're going to keep showing up and doing our best to, we need you to be here a lot longer. So I know. If you keep me longer, I'm going to commit to raising 15000 next year. <laughs> I mean, I am going to do that. If you get me there, I'll go 15 for five years. Wow. Okay? Yeah. It's on you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, I no, I think you're doing, I, I mean, you're responding, I think, pretty, yeah, I'm doing conversations work. we've had, you and I have had lately, I think you're responding this time around. And so knock on yeah. something, we can, you know, keep trying something different. And, and the longer you're here, the more advancements there are too, which, you know, you might you qualify for. You betcha. I am the guinea pig. I am ready to go. Well, and, and that's actually something really important to mention that you have trusted us um, with clinical trials. So first and foremost, uh, particularly with ovarian cancer, 
you don't really have a lot of patients that are willing to participate in trials. And with ovarian, that makes it even more difficult because only 22,000 people a year um, get diagnosed with it. And usually it's late stage and you know the prognosis is not that great. So you have a time element and you have a much smaller sample size. Therefore, um, if we don't have participation, it takes much longer to get an appropriate sample size um, and for it to be statistically significant. Um, that's a huge challenge. So as a patient, I really feel that it's almost a must if I can. As I go through and have more and uh, more treatments and recurrences, unfortunately, I'm less qualified to be in some of the trials. Um, so when I do get the opportunity, I want to address that and, and participate, obviously. Um, and even in the two trials I've been in, as far as the drug type trials, um, I ended up being on the control group or the placebo side. <laughs> but I do feel that in the spirit of the study, I still participated and it still meant something. Um, and you'll always receive standard treatment if you're in a study. You're, they're not gonna not give you anything at all. They're gonna give you standard treatment. So I feel very, um, very pro-study, pro-trial, um, and I know it can be difficult, you know, people living far away, and just there's a lot of other variables, but I am an absolute supporter because while I'm here, I am going to do whatever I can to make it better for people that follow me. Thanks, guys. I love that you all made the time um, to just show up tonight and, and talk with us about it as we reach that final push. Um, maybe we can send this out to our friends and family and we'll give them a little more background on what we're writing for and why we all come together to do it, even in a very different way this year. Um, have a great night. Keep up all the great work. Keep showing up. Keep being hardcore. Keep breaking the rules, but not on the Gynox service, okay, Whitney? Like, <laughs> and I'll see yet. three of you on Saturday. Two of you on Saturday. Oh, yes. Awesome. Okay. Can't wait. Looking forward to Perfect. it. Perfect.